Welcome to It Didn't Break Me, a podcast where we have honest and vulnerable conversations around the messy stuff we didn't think we'd come back from, inspiring you to give yourself permission to discover the beauty within the mess and to let go the illusion of perfection. I'm your host, Bianca Keisha Hughes. Hello there and welcome to the It Didn't Break Me podcast. I am your host, Bianca Keisha Hughes, and I am so grateful to have you tuning into the podcast. Very grateful for you to be here. So this is season two, episode two, and I don't like to talk too much, but I'm going to say there's going to be a great episode as they all are but I have followed this guest for a long time and just her story and just her constantly sharing and pouring into others and so I am very honored and very grateful that she could be on the podcast and before we get into the podcast I just want to remind you that you can leave a voicemail yes you can on the website it didn't break me.com on the right hand side it says send a voicemail and I would love to hear your story or well, just a quick clip shall I say a few minutes or something you thought would break you and it didn't and how you overcame so just a quick two or three minutes and then I will be sharing those clips on the podcast you have the option to leave your name or just be anonymous so my guest today is Fallon Bonner Fallon is the wife to the late attorney, Nikki Bonner, and proud mother to their son, Nicholas. During the most devastating season of her life, she founded the Slay Ministry, a woman's empowerment movement whose mission is to help women heal, become whole, and walk in their purpose. Fallon and her team help women all across the globe slay, meaning defeat the enemy, every giant they face in life. As a transformation life coach, Fallon makes it her priority to help women focus on the whole body, mind and spirit that are all vital components of rebuilding their life after loss or disappointment. Through her popular social media presence, she pours into thousands of women weekly. Fallon's program leads women from all across the world to get unstuck in their life now. Her clients quickly move from overwhelmed, overworked, and overweight to overflow in every area of their life. Women are unrecognizable after working with her for only eight short weeks. So let's go ahead and get into the conversation. So hello, Fallon, and welcome to the It Didn't Break Me podcast. Well, hello. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. I am very excited that you are on the podcast. I, Anyway, I'm just going to go into it, but <laughs> <laughs> she is a great storyteller, so I'm super excited, and she has a phenomenal story, so let's just go ahead and get into it. So Fallon, the first question, what's something you thought would break you, but it didn't? I would say me losing my husband was definitely something that I thought was gonna, um, yeah, I thought it was just gonna be the end of me, honestly. 
Okay. So tell us a bit more about that. Kind of take us back to what that was like. Um, Because you were also young at that age. You were were in your early 30s at that Mm -hmm. time too. Yes. Um, So I was 35 at the time when I became a widow. And it was unexpected, you know, so it was tragic. It was a car accident. So, you know, it was just kind of like he went to the, well, it was, he went to the barbershop. I went to the hair salon and then I never saw him alive again. So that was a huge shock for me. And, you know, our son was only 13 months old. We had just celebrated his um, one year old birthday. His birthday was in August. And then my um, husband's accident was in September. So it was like, I came off of this huge high Mm-hmm. Um, of, you know, first child, first birthday party. You know, I had already I always said that I was going to be super over the top. It was going to be, you know, it was going <laughs> to be that type of, you know, I'm that person, you know. And so, um, you know, that's what I mean when I say we came off this high. We did this really huge, um, you know, first birthday party for him. And then, you know, when that happened with my husband, it, it definitely kind of knocked me off my rocker, so to speak. Like, I felt like I was just flatlined. Like I had Mm -hmm. no life left in me, you know, as far as like, you know, of course I'm here um, physically and living, but I, you know, I thought that my best years were behind me and that all the dreams, all the desires and all the things that I, you know, were, that we were kind of, you know, dreaming together and working on together. I felt like they kind of, and even some of my personal things, I felt like they died when he transitioned. Mm -hmm. So it was just this harsh reality of just trying to kind of figure out what life is going to look like now that I am a single mom unexpectedly and then, you know, a widow in this space and then a young widow at that because none of my friends or no one that I knew had experienced anything like that. So it was just this very unfamiliar place. Mm -hmm. Um, And of course, a a difficult space to try to navigate. So I had all of the emotions, as you guys could probably imagine, um, so many different things going through my head, but I think the main thing was what the enemy kept saying to me, like pretty early on, like I remember leaving the hospital, driving home and, um, kind of just curling up in my mom's bed and just mm-hmm. trying to process it all, you know, best I could in that moment. And I just remember these words and I know it was the enemy because God wouldn't say, you know what I'm getting ready to share, but he was just like telling me in my ear, your life is over. Your mm-hmm. life is over. Um, that's all I kept hearing. So I was just like, okay, well, I guess my best years are behind me. And, you know, so I kind of, I think started in that moment, kind of living in the past a little bit because I kind of started just pulling from all the good times and the happy times. And that was the stuff that kind of kept me afloat Mm -hmm. during that really dark season. So, um, gosh, that was a lot. So, (laughs) um, and, and I, and I just want people to know, you know, if you, when you, people listen to this is that, that's so many traumas in one space of time. Like mm-hmm. I just tell people someone passing away to me is already traumatic. That's, right. that's just already this person. And it's, you know, and it, it was so sudden. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, in the way that it happened to um, mm-hmm. how he passed away. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, like, you know, you have all these dreams, you know, like, wait a minute, all this is kind of like, does it, I don't know. I can imagine it felt like everything was just ripped from you yes. um, in that moment. And there's something else I just want to add and want people to know, like when we talk about your dreams, I feel like yours is like, we're not just talking about dreams. We're talking about you were with your, the person, your partner, yes. this, yes. this wasn't just 
oh, you know, my husband, like, I'm going to be real. Some people, we just get married to get married. But <laughs> it's true. <laughs> but this wasn't right. just the person you just married. Mm-hmm. So it was like, what was ripped from you, would you say, when, because it was, so, he was so much more. Yeah. So my best friend, you know, um, we were friends first and not like, um, you know, it wasn't like we were just how some people are like best friends and then it kind of like turns, you know, into yeah. something more, but no, like we really knew the importance of setting that foundation to be friends first because we understood that we wanted, you know, a healthy marriage, a thriving marriage. And we knew that, you know, it wouldn't always be, you know, romantic type of things in, in the marriage. And so, we knew that we had to like each other um, first mm. and foremost, you know, above all else, like I had to like him as a person. And so, um, so that's something that was ripped away from me was, um, you know, we worship together, we pray together, we, um, you know, it's, and then when you think about worship, that's such a sacred space, you know, so, um, you know, a best friend, you know, it, it was just so many things wrapped up and, you know, who he was, you know, he was my biggest cheerleader. You know, he was the one that was like, you can do it. Like, I used to have all these hesitations about different things. And it's crazy because what I'm doing today, and I, I just had this full circle moment. I had a speaking engagement in Chicago about, um, like, the 1st of August, mm-hmm. a couple weeks, few weeks ago. And um, I'm standing in the room and I'm speaking to these widows because it's like this, um, this, this rebirth conference for widows. And I'm sitting in, I'm standing in there and I'm speaking. And I'm thinking, wow, you know, I am, well, actually not even just that piece, but just what I do with my clients and in the program, I had this full circle moment. And I said to myself, I am impacting women in the exact way that he said I would impact them. Mm -hmm. So when we first met, he saw an entrepreneur in me. I didn't, you know, I was working in corporate America, love my, love my job. Okay. Like I thought I had made it. I was like, well, I made it. This is where I'm going to retire. So I was, I mean, I just really, you know, he saw so much in me. And so he was that encourager, that pusher, you know? Um, and so he, the things that I'm doing right now today, he literally spoke it over my life all those years ago, like back in, probably like 2012, 2013. Mm, Um, Yeah, he he spoke it. He saw it pretty early on. And I mean, I didn't have a clue. I was not coaching or doing anything um, remotely close to what I'm doing today. I mean, I was in the medical field. So doing Mm. something totally unrelated. Um, But that's what I think too, is, you know, when you have a true man of God who hears some guy who's seeking God face, you know, and then you realize that there's a purpose in marriage. So it's like, God is just so intentional, even in how he brought us together. Like, you know, he knew that he would be the one to push me to ultimately mm. where he would have me to be. And that's, I tell women all the time, that's why it's so important to marry the right person. You know what I mean? Because your entire destiny is wrapped up in your mate. It's like mm. that. Mm. And so then when he's gone, your destiny is wrapped up in him. And then yes, this person is gone. So it makes sense why you yes. feel like that's it. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's it. You're also a woman of faith. Mm -hmm. And I I just want to add this in a little bit. But it sounded like you chose to listen to the enemy for a bit. Um, Yes, I I guess so. Probably about a month or so. Yeah, I did. Okay. I did. Absolutely. And so I just want to add that in because sometimes people feel like we have to be the perfect Christian. Oh, right. (laughs) (laughs) And but you moved, you got stuck for a bit for about a month Mm -hmm. and then you said 
after a month, it switched. So I'm curious yeah. about the switch. What Absolutely. started to happen? That's a, that's a great question. This was going in my, like this re- replaying, you know, words, just playing over and over in my mind, you know, your, your life is over. But God is so amazing and he's so strategic. You know, he had specific people in place that started to speak to my future early on. I mean, they were come over. It was like two or three of them who were like solid, like locked in. And, you know, I think it's important to note that these are not women who were my best friends. They were not my close friends. These were women who were like the wives of my husband's friends. Mm -hmm. So I didn't even know how to receive them because we had known each other in that intimate way. You know what I mean? And so they were showing up every morning. Like sometimes, you know, before I even wake up, they were they were waking me up, knocking on the door. They would sit with me all day, praying over me, just covering me. And so they were speaking also different things like, you know, there's so much left in you. There's so much purpose in you, you know, and they didn't know because I wasn't sharing. I was really quiet during that time, you know, about like the those kind of things that was going in my mind. Because, you know, when you're dealing with grief, I had never dealt with grief before. And so I feel like it's synonymous with depression. And so mm. some of that stuff, I didn't even want to speak. I didn't want even people to know what, what I was thinking. You know, I was like, am I going crazy? Like, you know, I didn't know what was happening, you know, in my mind. And so I wasn't really comfortable sharing a lot of it. So they had no clue that, you know, the enemy was telling me these things like, you know, your life is over. So they didn't realize though, that they were speaking directly to the thoughts that he was putting in my mind. Wow. They had no clue until one day that I decided to share. I decided to share with one of them who used to come over there all the time. And so I remember I felt this strong, it was just this strong sense of like, do this um, in my spirit. Mm-hmm. And and this is what I mean when I say do this. Like I felt like God was telling me to go on Facebook mm-hmm. and do a Facebook live. It didn't make a lot of sense. So probably about, I would say about a week of feeling like this was in my spirit, I decided to share it with someone. I was like, you know, it's just so odd. Like, I just feel like God is telling me to go on Facebook live, you know? And I was like, I, I don't know, why would I why would I do a Facebook Live? Like, And I thought it was the enemy initially, because I'm like, I'm going to be a, a bag of tears. I'm going to be crying. I'm going to be so emotional. Like, that's embarrassing me. You know, I'm thinking all of these things. And so I'm like, you know, I didn't initially think that it was God because of that reason. So when I shared it with her, she said, well, you know, I think you should do it. She's like, you know, um, you know, I, I think you should do it. And so when she said that, I was like, yeah, no, I don't, I don't think I'm going to do it. A couple more days pass by. I'm laying in bed. I'm by myself at this point, And I hear it again, go mm-hmm. on Facebook live. And so I literally sit up in my bed because I'm annoyed at this point, this voice keep coming. And it's not a, you know, an audible voice. It's just, yeah. you know, in your spirit, the way God speaks to you. So I'm, I sat up in my bed and I was like, go on Facebook live and, and do what? And say what? You know, I literally mm. said that out loud, like go on Facebook live and, and, and say what? And, and just this, Clear as day, I just felt this drop in my spirit. Share your love story. Mm. Like, who would want to hear a love story of a widow, somebody who, whose husband has passed away and is no longer here? Who would want to hear that story? And so, God, I didn't hear anything else, another, not another word. And so when I mentioned it to you know one of my friends, she's like, I think it'll be nice. I think it'll be good for you to do that. So what I decided to do was our anniversary was coming up in November. And um, by this time, a couple months had passed. And so I said, well, this will be a great way to like kind of honor him and Mm -hmm. honor our marriage. And so I figured instead of me being sad on my actual, you know, anniversary, I can kind of 
you know, hang out with everybody online and let them kind of hang out with me on my anniversary. Okay. So I remember <laughs> grabbing a shirt that he had uh, purchased me one day. I went out of town for, for work. And so he, I, 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 you know, got that shirt, put it on. And I remember in my mind, I could still see myself in my mirror, like getting dressed. And I'm thinking in my mind that I'm getting ready to go on a date with him. Right. Mm. So it got me in a good mood. I remember doing my makeup, like how he liked it, you know, just getting myself all together just as if he was here. And so, and and, I, and then thinking back, that just had to be the Holy Spirit because I don't know what even, you know, gave me the idea to do that other than it was just spirit-led. So I'm getting dressed and I'm, you know, and so I'm in a good mood at this point to go on live. And then I just remember saying, God, I don't, I remember right before I hit like the little um, button to go live on Facebook, I remember saying a quick prayer like, God, I have no clue how to do this. I don't know what you want me to say, but I'm just going to press play and just talk. Mm. And um, the the video blew me away because it had like 10,000 views in like 24 hours. You I know, watched that video. Hundreds were watching, you know? I watched it. Like, yeah, it was a dope what? video. Yeah, I watched the video. It was so funny. It was so, I was like, come on, come on, get to it. <laughs> I watched it. Yeah, I'm actually going to... Oh, wow. Yeah, I'll put the video in the show notes so everyone can watch it. Like, it's... Okay. It's... Yeah, it's a... It's such a good story. Yeah, I was... I was, like, blown away. I could not believe that anybody wanted to hear it, you know? Mm -hmm. But it just lets you know when it's God because it will produce fruit, you know? It was Mm -hmm. like, it let me know. I think the most important thing for me during that time was that God wanted me to know, like, I, I... That he... I felt like he heard me like, you know, and that he, he was, he was aware. Cause sometimes, you know, when things like that happen, you just feel like God is so far away. Yeah. Like he's yeah. nowhere near you. And in that moment I realized like God is right here with me, mm-hmm. yeah. right here with me, you know, and yeah. I, I, I'm, my spirit is in tune. I'm hearing from him. And so it was, it was, it was a beautiful, you know, moment um, in time that I just, I'm, I'm very grateful that I was obedient and did what he was telling yeah. me. Yeah, I love that. Like, you know, going back to that point when you were in the enemy, like I always say people, like, even if you're listening, even if you're messing up, God is right there. Like if people feel like, oh, I'm doing this, I did this wrong. Mm -hmm. So God is no longer there or God not. But he was bringing all these people when you couldn't do it to still speak to your spirit. And that's what I love. Like, I love (laughs) So, yeah, that story is so funny. Oh, my God, it's so funny. (laughs) I don't want to share it for, I don't want to spoil it for people. Um, So you've come on this live. Mm -hmm. What was it like when you got off the live? That was the part that I wasn't expecting. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, of course, the unknown, I didn't know what I was going to say, but I was truly, you know, making myself available to God to just use me. But when I hit, you know, end, I just kind of went back to my reality, you know, back to crying, back to tears, back to, oh, he's not here. You know, because for the longest, I felt like he was just, he used to um, work sometimes in his hometown, which is Albany, Georgia. So I just felt like he was like away for work. Mm. And that at any moment, any moment, he will be coming back through the front door. You know, that's kind of how I felt. So it was like reality hit. And um, I was just back in like, no, this is not a dream. This is, you know, not a nightmare. Like this is, this is my reality now. So I just kind of went back into that, that funk and that deep grief that I was experiencing at that time. Um, You know, back to my, I wasn't doing a lot of anything during that time other than just, I think I was shocked. Yeah. So I was just kind of like in a state of shock. But like I said, people were still coming over and pointing to me now 
after the video, I had like this overwhelming response from people wanting to hear more from me. Mm. Like my inbox was like jumping. Okay. Like I had so (laughs) many messages in my inbox. I had so many like people texting me, just telling me how proud, you know, that, you know, just close people that had my, my phone number telling me how proud they were. And so it made me feel, you know, good. Um, but like I said, you know, I was hurting so bad. I didn't really know how to take it. It was just like, everything was coming at me at once, you know? Yeah. That sounds very overwhelming. It was a lot. It was good, but it was, it was still good, over. But yeah. So I, you know, so I, of course I just unplugged from social media, you know, yeah, I wasn't on there or whatever, but I just remember when I did log back in, people were like telling me about the views and I just, I kind of wanted to be like, I don't care about the views. Like it wasn't about the views, you know? I only knew that it was 10,000 views in 24 hours because someone specifically inboxed that to me. And mm. I just thought like, you, these people are looking at the wrong thing. You know what I mean? Cause I was, I, I wasn't doing it for an audience. Like when you're hurt like that, you, you don't want any attention on you. You just want to go in your, well, at least for me, I'll say, I just want to kind of go and have that private time with my family and just get through it the best that I knew how. Honestly. Mm, mm. And so how did you, and I want to say, get through it because I don't feel like it's something that you get through but right. how how were you working through that the day by day to start yeah. kind of rebuilding your life yeah. right so that was that's a loaded question um, okay I'll say you know, <laughs> a brief synopsis <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll say some of the preliminary things that I did that I feel like were instrumental um in me getting through was um just you know when people kept asking for more, I started to just kind of, you know, just seek God on what it is. And so I started doing regular Facebook lives. And I remember just being in my room. I spent a lot of time in my bedroom, um, just praying and just talking to God. And it didn't sound like it wasn't like organized and how you would think prayer would be, but it was just me sitting in the room, just talking out loud. Right. But Mm -hmm. obviously I'm talking to God. And so, um, and I just remember hearing in my spirit, um, so strong in order to keep going, you must keep pouring. So God was letting me know that in order for me to keep moving forward and keep going, I had to keep getting on that Facebook live and pouring into empty vessels into these women, right? Who really needed to hear what I was saying at the time. And so um, I realized that was keeping me going. It was me getting up every day. um, And, you know, well, I think at that time I was going live twice a week. So me getting up and just having something, you know, to look forward to, or just almost feeling necessary, feeling needed. People mm-hmm. really were resonating. Like we were getting 14, 15, 16,000 views per Facebook live. You know, I was at the time. And so people were really plugged in and tuned in and really needed, you know, to hear whatever it is God was leading me to share during that season. So um, that was some of the, the main things that kind of kept me going. And then um, I did get into grief share, which was offered at my mm, church, yeah, um, which was helpful. I think I started grief share six months in and then, um, everything kind of came to a head because I started pouring out so fast and I wasn't being refilled. Right. Uh, so, um, and then that kind of happened because I went through one cycle of reshare, which was amazing. And it gave me a little bit of win, but I really didn't take time to really truly heal like I needed to, because I don't think that I even realized that I was like so broken. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I didn't, for whatever reason. And I think because I had not been accustomed to going to like a professional licensed therapist, before it wasn't second nature to me. And so that was the game changer was mm. when I was a professional counselor, like somebody with doctor in the front of her name. Like it was, 
it was everything because I had gone to, you know, grief share. And then I had, you know, done a cycle of that. I had gone to my local church and did like a few sessions with some, you know, counselors and, you know, people there serving and things like that. And all those, those things were helpful. They didn't lift the grief, like the grief, nothing was really lifting off of me. My first session with my therapist, literally I left feeling like a weight had been lifted off my shoulders. I felt lighter after the first session. So I'm like, that's the reason why she's licensed. And she, you know, she, she studied, like she, she knew how to move some of those emotional blocks and those things, you know, away so that I can kind of just see clearly again. So um, I tell anybody, get in some therapy as soon as possible, as fast as you can, just get to it. Look at me smiling. The therapist in <laughs> me is just smiling and so happy. Yeah, so, <laughs> <laughs> so what was that shift? Like, um, and like you said, everything helped, but there's sometimes there's this thing that we go to and you're like, oh, that was it. That was it what I needed. I know it was probably a number of things, but like mm-hmm. you said, even in the first session, what do you feel like shifted or helped you shift for you? Um, she helped me to understand that I wasn't A, going crazy, you mm-hmm. know, um, that my feelings were valid. She helped me to understand and explain the grief cycle and what mm-hmm. I was dealing with and that, you know, it was normal to be feeling the way that I was feeling, to be experiencing the things that I was experiencing. She helped me to, um, I had some things going on personally, you know, that happened as a result of my husband passing. And so she helped me to kind of understand different personality types. You know, I was really confused as to why people left, why some people were no longer, you know, in my life and like, you know, there to support and help me get through this tough season. She really helped me to understand why those people left. That was really mm. huge, really, really huge. She got, she identified the spirit, the character. I mean, she, she called everything out and it just made perfect sense. And so it's like, it had nothing to do with you. It was everything to do with them. And this is why they did what they did. And so it just, it helped things to make sense. And so, because I, I think we internalize things and we just wonder, what did I do? Mm. You know, I don't want, you know, it was it anything yeah. I could have done differently. And then, you know, just helped me to understand too. We hear it is so cliche, but people are truly in our lives for a season, you know, and some are, you know, some are for a season, some are for a lifetime. And so, you know, when you're already um, struggling with things being stripped away, because, you know, we had other things too. It was like my husband passing and then it was these other things that happened. So I kind of felt like it was a season where so many things are being ripped away. Um, and I just wanted to hold on to anything that was familiar. So mm-hmm. she kind of helped me to release a lot of that. Wow. Um, yeah. You said something so important. Two things. One, that you weren't going crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and the second thing, that your feelings and your experience was very valid and she normalized that. Like yes. that's exactly why I do this podcast because people really feel like they're alone. So yes. once they hear the story of somebody else mm-hmm. or someone normalizing their experience, they're like, there's not me, like you said, because we internalize and we're like, is it me? Is it me? Am I the only one? And, you know, sometimes I just tell people, listen, Google exactly what you're experiencing and you will see yeah. there are an abundance of articles or videos just okay. to know that you are not alone. So you can, right. like you said, just validate. It's so powerful, the validation. Yes, it is. It, it, it made me feel so much better. Like, okay, whew. You know, yeah, I'm, I'm okay. <laughs> so I'm also curious. I know some people might want to know that 
you're also a mom. So you had a son. So that was on top of everything that you were going through. So how did you work through that? And, you know, what was your support system like? Yeah, I'll be honest with you. You know, I look back on those videos when he was so young and I'm like, I felt like I missed, I, I feel like I was asleep mm. for like two years of his life after. I feel like I literally was like sleepwalking, if I could mm. just um, I felt like I woke up when he was three and because <clears throat> my sister, she had to step in. I mean, he lived with me, but it was like, I was like a zombie. You know, mm-hmm. I took him to his appointments, physical therapy sessions every single day, almost it was four days a week, um, different sessions and things like that. So I, I mustered up enough strength to get him to therapy and back home, doing a little Facebook Live if it was one of those days. And that's all the strength I had to do. My sister, who was absolutely amazing, and my mom, they were like the support and village um, that came in and just loved on him. Now, he has an amazing big, right personality anyway mm-hmm. so he was, it wasn't like he was sad at all but they were able to really nurture and cultivate and really um you know be there for him during that time where I couldn't really it's crazy because my sister started sitting at some, at some point she started sending all these pictures like look I remember this video this kind of thing and I'm like it's crazy because I I'm like how do you have all these videos of him and she was like because he was always with me you know he was always with me and so yeah it was my sister and my mom Mm -hmm. um during that time that came over um and just like my mom would come because I lived with her um for like a year she would come in in my bedroom and just take him in her room Mm -hmm. and I would just be in there like for hours like either crying or just sitting in bed trying just trying to figure out my life you know and so that's the answer. It was my family. My sister and my mom was mm-hmm. so, so, and they're still, you know, super supportive, mm-hmm. but they were very, they were instrumental mm-hmm. um, and just doing all the things with him um, mm-hmm. those, those two years. So I remember 2018, he turned three. By this point, I was living with my sister. And so I just kind of feel like I woke up. Like I decided that I didn't want to be sad anymore. I wanted to live again. 2018 was a turning point when I decided. I wanted to live. I didn't just, I did not just live, but I wanted to thrive. Mm. You know, I didn't want to just exist and I didn't want to just accept that this was my life. 2018 was a very pivotal moment in my life where I made a decision to not only live, but to thrive, like to mm. really embody what the Bible said when you said, you know, live life to the full to overflows. I wanted that to be my experience. Wow. I love that. Thank you for sharing um how you were as a mom because I know for some that's really hard to admit yeah. that you're not the mom that you're supposed to be in quotation mm-hmm. marks yeah and and admit that it was hard for you so mm-hmm. thank you for sharing that I'm sure that's going to help a lot of people thank you you decided to thrive and you are thriving so tell, <laughs> tell us where you are now and what life is like now for you Oh gosh. Um, that again is a load of question. I'm trying to I'm gonna help you. I'll help you out then. Okay. Um, you said something I was reading, and so I'll ask you this. What does it mean to be in your ultimate place of abundance and overflow? So I had very specific prayers that I prayed during that time. Um, you know, I kind of did this series on Facebook where I talked about, you know, how I partnered with God to rebuild my life. Um, after, you know, loss and disappointment and things like that. And so 
the first thing that I had to do was I had to get a vision for my life. Hmm. And so some people, and, and this is something that I didn't even know. I saw, I honestly thought being a Christian and, you know, loving God and living for him, like God just going to come in, not like a fairy godmother, but kind of, kind of like that, like wave this wand, <laughs> right. You know, so to speak, but in like snap his thing and things would just be back normal or start back working. Like, I really thought he was just going to come in and like, because I said, God saw what happened. You know, he had to allow it. You know, I, I, I kind of, and I'm talking about from 20, end of 2016 to 2018, this is my thought process. And I'm waiting, I'm waiting for God to come in and just rebuild my life and make things better. And I'm waiting and I'm praying, I'm praying and I'm waiting and nothing is happening. Mm. And I'm like, what am I missing? And that's in 2018. That's when that shift came when I realized what was missing was me. I had a very vital part to play in that whole process. And so God kept asking me 2017, all the way for a full year, what do you want? What do you want? And I'm like, you're God. You know what I want. I mean, I'm not saying this out loud, but I'm thinking to myself, that's not even a question that I need to address. You Mm. know, and I didn't even realize it was God right away, right? It just kind of kept dropping in my spirit. What do you want? And I'm thinking to myself, well, if it is God, he knows what I want. Like, and so I remember one day I was like, I went to go visit my mom. My mom and my sister live very close together um, in close proximity to each other. And so I drive from my sister's home to my mother's home. And I remember parking the car. I could still see this in my mind. And like right in front of my mom's driveway, this like this brick wall um, in front of her garage. And I'm mm-hmm. sitting there and it's this brick wall. And again, and Nicholas is asleep you know, in the back seat, And so this voice comes in again, drop my spirit. What do you want? I jam my car in part because I'm annoyed again. Right. You know, that's a part of grief. You angry, everything, you know, you're irritable. Everything is like getting under your skin. So I'm like putting my car, you know, I park. And then I said, what do I want? I want my life back. I want this. I want that. And I'm just like going like almost like this verbal vomit, like, everything that I desire, everything mm. that I want. And it me and I I went on probably like a minute or two. It felt like it was an eternity. Um because in my mind I just figured like, you know, if any of it happened good, because I felt like I was at rock bottom. You know what I yeah. mean? So I'm like, you know, if it so let me just throw it all out there. And so when I finished, I remember I had my head down. So that's why I remember this brick wall. Cause I remember when I brought my head back up and I looked at the wall and I was like, well, if that was you guy, we'll see. You know, we'll see if anything happens. And if and if not, then I don't care anyway, because I'm already at the bottom. You know what I mean? Wow. Like, that's literally what my mindset was. I did not know. <laughs> In that moment, God was just waiting on me to just say out of my mouth what it is that I wanted, because he was literally getting ready to line every single thing. All of heaven was getting ready to back me and make sure every desire of my heart was met. And then wow. I had no clue. So a part of that was me wanting to be able to be financially stable again. Mm-hmm. I wanted my own place, um, you know, because like I said, things happen. My husband passed a lot of our finances, all of our finances doing like we really went through a, uh, you know, really low space in our finances. So I had to live with my mom. That car that my husband um, was driving was um, totally his accident. Mm-hmm. And then our other vehicle was repossessed after he passed. Oh, wow. So, yeah, so it was like, I mean, rock bottom. Like, I'm living with my mom, didn't have a vehicle, didn't have any money, you know, really was just living off of um, the Social Security because they were, you know, giving my son a Social Security check, you know, for his father passing. So 
I mean, it was like, we're talking about, I wrote a book and then I had some t-shirts. So they were like $25 each. But if you're in business and you realize you got to buy product, right? Yeah. So if I buy these t-shirts and I'm selling them for 25 and I'm spending $15 to get the t-shirt made, I'm only profiting $10. Yeah. So I was, you know, it wasn't a really big profit. So I, you know, combined with everything that we had coming in, it may have been $1,200 a month. So there was no fluff for anything. You got to think I came from making excellent money. So this was like, like a shock to me. $1,200 a month, living with my mom, no vehicle. Okay. Friends gone. All right. Like, <laughs> and, and then just trying my best to figure out life. So it was just this really, really low, low space mm. that I found myself in. And so one of my desires was for God to, um, you know, restore my finances. Mm. And um, I started to be very specific because my, our child, you know, he does have special needs. And so I knew that I needed to have a flexible schedule to be able to um, meet his needs. And so that was my prayer. God, I want a flexible schedule so that I can accommodate Nicholas and meet his needs and things like that. I didn't really care what that looked like. I just kind of felt like it was easier to do it as an entrepreneur, mm. um, you know, and, and so I wouldn't have to take off so much because of his appointments because his appointments were scheduled in a way where they weren't a set time every day. They literally would just pencil you in wherever there was availability. So Monday could be a 12 o'clock appointment. Thursday could be eight o'clock in the morning. You know, you just, so you just had to be available. And so one of my desires was to, um, you know, to have a flexible schedule. And then I wanted my business to prosper because I really knew that God was calling me to be an entrepreneur. And I tell people this all the time. Entrepreneurship is a calling. Mm. You have to know that you're called to this. And that's a whole nother podcast. For <laughs> but um, I knew that I was called to be an entrepreneur. And so I was like, all right, God, you know, I'm gonna need you, you know, to increase my business. So I really had a, I had a specific dollar amount that I felt like, you know, if I make this amount a month, um, this will be enough to not only take care of my son and I, but also invest back into the business. Because you guys know, in order to have a business, you got to be able to feed it, right? The, the, the yeah. baby has to grow, the business has to grow. So I came up with this dollar amount, which was 10K. I mm-hmm. was like, if I can live off five, take five, put it back into the business. Because at that time I was running a, um, a, a product-based business. So we had to have, you know, you got to have cash flow up front to be able to buy the merchandise before yeah. you sell it. So that's where that $5,000 came from. Um, I was selling clothes, t-shirts, journals, things like that at the time. And so um, I came up with this 10K, you know, um, dollar amount and, you know, God just blew my mind. Like mm. he blew my mind. Um, and I just remember thinking um, when I set that goal, I was like, man, if I could make that kind of money a month, that would change me and my son's life. And I remember crying like just telling God, like, if you bring in this amount monthly, like it would change our life. And I guess God was probably just sitting back laughing, like, well, get ready for your life to be changed. Okay. Cause yes. it is coming and it is coming <laughs> full throttle. So, you know, during that time, 2018, when I made the decision to, um, you know, to thrive, I started doing some goal setting and, you know, I, I teach all about this in my programs, but how to partner with God to rebuild your life. And so, I started hitting consecutive 10K months in my business. Um, my business took off. I was able to hire people to help. And things just kind of really took off from there. So that abundance lifestyle looked like being able to, um, you know, run my businesses without any lack, being able to provide for my son and I without like to travel the world, show him new experiences, things like that, um, to be present. I wanted to be present for mm. all of his first, to be able to, you know, go to field day. They have field day in the middle of the day. So I really wanted this freedom that entrepreneurship offered. So uh, that's what abundance looked like for me, not being in any kind of lack, 
being able to be a blessing to others as well. So I wanted to have enough money if somebody was in need, you know, that yeah. I could be a blessing to help them out because there were times that plenty of people helped us and we were in need. So yeah, that's kind of what abundance looked like for me. No stress, um, having a, you know, having the freedom to be very present in my son's life. Wow. That's powerful. And it started with you. <laughs> yeah, it started with me. I tell my clients all the time, you are your own bottleneck. Yes. Us, you know? Yes. Yes. You're just that powerful. Yeah. yeah. And I love, I oh, I, I love this. Like, I am like <laughs> such a rebel. So um, I love that you were like telling God, not in this regular, let me bend on my knees. I was like, this is what I want. And you were still mad and you still angry. <laughs> But you didn't feel like you had to come to the throne of grace. <laughs> Heavenly Father. Girl, I didn't I even know it. God. I was like, if it's a chance that you don't hear me, you know, I'm sorry. I was just being me. You know, in that moment, I was very, very broken. So thank God for his grace. Yeah, you're, you're yeah. right. I wasn't even sure it was God. I was just like, if well, whoever this is or whatever this is, you know, this let is me what I, I want. think I wanted to answer it to get it off of me. It kept yeah. coming in my mind. I just kind of wanted to address it and like put it to rest. So yeah. 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 And it's and and this is where you are now. You're in this space. Yes. You 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 experience this freedom, this abundance and this overflow and you're pouring into others. Um like I'd mentioned, you help a dear friend of mine. Um, yes. who is internally grateful, <laughs> uh, <laughs> internally grateful because you're just, you know, like you said, you are partnering with God. So, mm-hmm. um, Fallon, I can talk to you forever, but I'm not going to. <laughs> so, um, is there anything you would like the listener to know? Yes. I would like for you to know that wherever you're at and wherever you are in life, God has more for you. He has a huge, he has a huge, amazing plan for you. Um, and something that I've learned and I want to share it with others is there's nothing that's off limits to you. Nothing. That's just how powerful God is. We serve a really big God. Um, and I think that, you know, sometimes religion can have us put him in this box that, I mean, he, he can't be contained in anyway, but, um, nothing is off limits in that, you know, God has a, a beautiful, amazing life you know, plan for you if you would just take the time to pause and just ask him to show you the path that he has for you. That was one of my prayers. And I had no idea that his path was anything, that it looked anything like this. Like, I am still floored to even think that God had this, all this on the other side of me just simply deciding to just come to him and ask him to lead me and guide me. Like, you know, remember I said I was waiting, you know, I was waiting. It was two years and I was just like, okay, well, you know, I guess it's just the waiting season. You know, I just got to <laughs> wait for God to do it. And God, like, I was waiting on you the whole time. Mm. You know, I was literally waiting on you the entire time. So I would say, you know, if you are in a season where you feel like you're waiting on God, go ahead and shift that and you start showing up and moving differently because likely God has been waiting on you. Mm. That's so powerful. <laughs> I, I don't have anything else to say. <laughs> Thank you. And last question, I always like to ask people, what's something that's messy in your life today? Physical or emotional yeah. or just life? So I had this little pretty little answer that I was going to say because it was safe. <laughs> uh, but I'm not going to say that because I am very, you know, I'm transparent. Um, and I would say, I don't know if this would cons- be considered messy, but I'm going to, I'm going to say this um, is, deciding to love again right Mm. um because gosh I never 
you know, I never thought I would be here. Um, I never wanted to get remarried. I never wanted to get divorced. You know, well, I didn't get divorced, but I never wanted to, um, you know, I wanted to get married once. I'll say that. I wanted to get married one time, be one and done. Um, but I'm, I'm learning that that wasn't my plan, you know, and I think that's the hard part is, uh, well, part of my healing was really embracing that that just wasn't God's plan, right, mm. for my life. That was my plan to be married to one person forever, to grow old together, have all these amazing kids together, you know, <laughs> that's the American dream, right? So, <laughs> and so I had to realize that that wasn't God's plan, but it's not to say that his plan is still not beautiful. And so um, my mentor said this to me. Now, she comes into our programs and she teaches one of the modules. Um, she comes in on week three and she's thinking that she's probably, you know, talking to my clients, but it was a right rhema word directly <laughs> for me. She says, starting over can be beautiful. Mm. And I was like, oh, I never even looked at it like that. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, so I think that I had been afraid to love again and to remarry because I was like, what I had was amazing. And it was, you know, it was awesome and it was healthy. You know, all these different things wasn't perfect by any means. We argued, we had our ups and downs, but you know, on the, you know, just grand scheme, I had a good marriage, right? Mm. Um, overall, I had a really good marriage. And so um, when I started thinking about going back out there, I was like, you know, the, the dating scene is ghetto. Like, I don't want to deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's, that's messy. Okay, girl, I don't want anything <laughs> to do with it. <laughs> I hear it all the time. <laughs> yeah. So okay. um, I shifted my perspective on that and I'm like, all right, so starting over can be beautiful. So I'm in a season where I'm just looking forward to, you know, remarrying and, 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 whatever beauty God wants to bring. And so my prayer recently, like recently within the last two weeks says, God, um, show me, um, you know, the beauty in the new. Yeah. Grace and see the beauty in the new and starting over. So. And that's so perfect. Cause it goes with the tagline, discovering ah. the beauty within the mess. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Think about that. Yeah. 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 I love that. So how can people, how can the person listening shower you with love? Where can oh. they find where can they find you to show you with love? I'm on all social media um, platforms, Facebook, Instagram, um, YouTube at Fallon Bonner, F-A-L-O-N-B-O-N-N-E-R. Okay, perfect. And we will put those in the show notes as well. So everyone can contact Fallon and reach out to her. Um, she has some amazing programs, so definitely check her out. So thank you so much, Fallon, for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure chatting with you um you are easy to talk to as well so this <laughs> thank is been you. so much fun thank you thank you that was really good wasn't it oh my gosh she's so powerful just being through so much and just so transparent and honest and vulnerable in her experience and just her relationship with God and just being a woman of faith and pouring into others just truly truly appreciate Fallon um, for who she is and despite everything she's going through she is rebuilding her life a few takeaways so many gems right she dropped a little gem in there that wasn't about the podcast but really interesting she said that being an entrepreneur is a calling so I don't know maybe I'll get her on a podcast again to speak about that the other takeaway is that 
her rebuilding started with a vision and it started with her. She wasn't just waiting for God to drop something out of the sky. She had to start taking those steps um, and really speak and, you know, begin to see her vision and understand the vision and say those things. And when she was speaking, I don't know if you heard it, she was very specific. One of the things I heard that she said was to show her to be shown the path to rebuilding her life. That's very specific versus I just want to rebuild my life. She was specific in how much money she wanted to make a year. So she was very specific in that vision. The other gem that just, you know, got me that starting over is beautiful. Um, just, I have nothing else to say. Starting over is beautiful. Um, and then we heard just again, we hear this time and time again, is how important her community was to her. Um, even how, even her showing up for other people that kind of fed into her and how having her community when she thought that her life was over, that they were still there encouraging her. And then the last thing is that God is there even when it doesn't feel like it. Even when you're in the lowest of the low, you've done the worst of the worst, so just experiencing really challenging things, and it doesn't feel like God is there, God is still there. So I hope you really enjoyed it. As always, please share, text a friend, family or colleague, um, tag us and tag Fallon, shower her with love, tag her on your social media. So thank you again for listening. Were you inspired by this story? Here are some ways you can shower me and the podcast with your appreciation and support. Follow, rate and review the show on your favorite podcast platform. Share the podcast via text with your people, with your tribe. Subscribe to the newsletter where I share my personal stories of discovering the beauty within the mess. And lastly, follow me on Instagram at authenticallybu for tips and insights on overcoming perfectionism so you can embrace your imperfections and authentically be you. Thank you so much for listening to the It Didn't Break Me podcast and remember to discover the beauty within the mess.